welcome to the Untitled Podcast Project, hosted by Kellenberg Memorial High School. I'm Sarah Goez, and today's Bible quote is, And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Peter chapter 4, verse 8. Welcome back. Thank you to everyone who tuned in to the last episode, where we talked about pilgrimage and missions, and a bunch of students who went away on February break and took some time out of their lives to do some mission work and do some other things for people. Today, we have a special guest. Please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Ruth Marconi. And she's going to talk to uh, mainly to the juniors about some college informational uh, things. I have some frequently asked questions that I'm going to ask you, and you're just going to answer them like some questions that I have. So you know, first, tell me a little bit about what you do at Kellenberg, because I feel like not a lot of people know what you do. I have a very multifaceted role at Kellenberg. As you know, Sarah, since you had me for class, I am a freshman English teacher, a role that I prize above all others. I am also the moderator, or co-moderator, I should say, of the book club that I do with Mrs. Riska, which is an interdisciplinary book club. We um, cover all sorts of titles from the perspective of history as well as from literature. I am also a college placement counselor and then I am the assistant principal for guidance in the guidance office. Yeah, quite a resume there. (laughs) Many hats. (laughs) So how long have you been a guidance counselor, a college guidance counselor for? I've been doing college placement counseling for 10 years. What's something that you always pick, you've always picked up as a college guidance counselor that students will always ask you? Most of the time, I think students are most concerned about choosing a college that's going to be the right fit for them. Mm-hmm. And that answer varies from person to person. I think that students hear about alumni who found a school that really was perfect for them or they have family members or parents who really enjoyed their college years and they want to make sure that they put in the right amount of effort to have the same kind of experience. What would you say the first steps for a junior would be for looking into colleges? The first thing you would want to do is really think about what you anticipate getting out of the experience. I feel like a lot of kids want to apply to colleges because all of their friends are applying to the same schools, but um, I like the idea of thinking about what is it that I envision myself doing down the road, and I don't necessarily mean a career choice. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Do I want to be away? Do I want to be close to home? Do I want to be in a school where there's Greek life? Would I rather have a big community, a small community? Is the faith aspect of a college important to me? Do I want to have a strong liberal arts underpinning? Or am I looking to sample classes from all sorts of different subject areas and take a little bit of everything? So I think Imagining what it is that you would want to have at the end of it is the best way to start, paradoxically. So a lot of factors go into thinking about what kind of college is right for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. So on, on the topic of visiting colleges, mm-hmm. like I, I just applied to go see four different colleges in Massachusetts. Um, what is something that you would say is very important to look for at a college that is very important? Well, I mean, when you're planning a college trip, I think it's important to have a variety of models early on. 
So can I just ask where you plan to visit? Or Yeah, so the four schools I'm seeing are Boston College, Boston University, College of the Holy Cross, and UMass Amherst, or University of Massachusetts. Those are phenomenal choices because you will come back from that trip with a clear sense of what you like and what you may not like so much. For example, Holy Cross is a small green space campus and their educational model is a little bit different. As a Jesuit school, there's going to be a lot of core requirements Mm -hmm. and it will have that in common with Boston College, but Boston College is going to give you the sense of a much bigger campus Maybe you like the sports idea of, you know, going to the football games and that sort of thing. Um, Boston University is going to give you an urban setting, so you'll have a really clear understanding of whether or not that's something that appeals to you. So you've got big, you've got small, you've got Catholic, you've got public, and then you've got UMass, which is going to be extremely large. Mm -hmm. And so when you come back from that trip, I think you'll have a clear sense of, what it is you're looking for, and then you can tease out that thread. I often advise my students to start locally Mm -hmm. and visit, for example, St. John's, Malloy, and Stony Brook. Yeah, I've seen all those schools. (laughs) And that would replicate (laughs) your trip to some degree Mm -hmm. because you've got a small Catholic school in Malloy, you've got a large Catholic school in St. John's. St. John's is a sort of green space campus, but it has access to an urban center. And then you've got Stony Brook, which is a public school, a little bit more suburban. Yeah. And, you know, depending on how you feel about those various factors, it might really determine what you do in terms of your next trip. So. Wow. I didn't even realize that I planned it out kind of well, that I I, I chose a really good variety of schools to go visit. Absolutely. So absolutely. that's really nice. That's so, exactly what I would have recommended. So. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I planned my trip well. Good. So in the coming months, there are going to be students coming to your office in regards to college and the Navion system that we use. What are some common misconceptions that students always have about college or applying to colleges? There are a large number of misconceptions. First and foremost has to do with financial aid Mm -hmm. because college is expensive. There's no getting around that. And so a lot of times kids think that they will have no opportunity for financial aid because they don't have a certain minimum income. And that is not correct. There's merit-based aid, which is offered as a result of your academic accomplishments and sometimes in combination with your standardized test scores. But there are also um, need-based awards Mm -hmm. that don't require a minimum income level. So many of the colleges will look at your family's overall situation, how many other children you have, how many years there are in between yourself and a sibling in terms of college tuition. So um, I always recommend to students that they apply to a wide variety of schools, they cast the net wide, and then we'll talk about the money when the financial aid starts coming in and we can always say no to a school if the Mm -hmm. package isn't right but it's a good idea to apply and see what happens with the financial aid rather than just saying that school is too expensive and moving along got it wow okay that really helped me understand a lot of (laughs) things about financial aid so i went around and i asked a few students in the junior class about what's like a question you plan on asking your college guidance counselor when you go meet with them and the top two questions that kept coming up is what's the difference between the sat and the act and does it matter which one i take um i'll let you answer that one first and then i'll ask the second one 
The difference between the ACT and the SAT is that the ACT is really a curriculum-based exam, whereas the SAT is a critical thinking-based exam. Okay. The pacing really sets them apart as well because the ACT really requires you to move quickly. There are, I believe, 72 reading questions to SAT's 48 75 reading questions to <laughs> SAT. So, you know, you have to be able to move through those questions really quickly. Mm-hmm. And um, it doesn't, it, I think one of the big misconceptions about the two tests is that one is easier than the other. One, neither one of them are easy. They are each playing to different strengths mm-hmm. and each student has to understand what their strengths and weaknesses are. I always recommend that you take an ACT in April of your junior year, Mm -hmm. cold, with no preparation whatsoever, and then take the May administration of the SAT because you've had some preparation for the SAT. You've had two PSATs, Mm -hmm. you've had an SAT prep class where at least you've had exposure to the various question types and mathematic topics, and um, if your scores come out about even, Depending on the one that you like better, mm-hmm. I would only prep for that one going forward. I would not be trying to do two tests at the same time. They, okay. They're close enough that if you're pr- trying to prepare for both, your gains is will not be as appreciable as if you drop one and focus on that exclusively. Okay, got it. So I actually have a question now that you talked about it. So I take, I prefer the ACT. Mm-hmm. I just took one in February and I scored a 29. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of teachers are talking about take the SAT, but I don't score very well on the SAT. So should I still take it just to have the score? Or should I just focus more on the ACT and take the ACT in May instead of the SAT? I would definitely recommend sticking with the test that gives you the most confidence. So if you like the ACT (laughs) and you have a good score, I would really focus on that. And I'm not even sure that you would need to take it a second time this year. Mm -hmm. I think if you have your score report and you have a clear sense of the areas where you want to raise your score, Mm -hmm. you could spend some time really drilling down into those sections and bringing up your composite that way. So if you were having problems with, as you know, Sarah, I don't know too much (laughs) about math, but if you were having problems with linear equations, Mm -hmm. I'd say then over the summer, I would be drilling down into my linear equations. And um, that's a benefit of ACT that you can really identify subject matter and go about the task of tackling your understanding of that subject matter. So I, I do not think that you ha- you are compelled to take an SAT. Okay. It's, you know for sure that it doesn't work for you. Got it. Okay, cool. I think that'll help some other students too. I think so too. <laughs> and then the second question that kept coming up when I was asking students was, if I'm ready to apply to college, but I don't know what I want to major in, what do I put on the application as to what I want to major in? There are many students who come to me in junior year completely convicted about their area of study and by the time we get back in senior year they have gone in a totally new direction so to me it's 
good to not have any idea what you want to do. God willing, life is long, and (laughs) who knows what twists and turns are in the roads. So I'm not sure that at 17 you need to know where you want to be at 50. (laughs) And on that basis, I really do recommend to students that they apply undecided if they're not sure. I also recommend that if you are applying, let's let's take an example. Okay. I think I might want to be a business major. Okay. There are some colleges where you would have to apply specifically to a business school. For example, Fordham. You would have to apply to Gabelli School of Business. Okay. Admission to Gabelli School of Business is more rigorous than Fordham Rosehill, and it's not easy to take classes in the liberal arts if you're a member of the Gabelli School of Business. Loyola University in Maryland has a business program but no business school. So you can take business classes Mm -hmm. but not be completely um, locked into that business track and that makes it a lot easier to move around majors and take some things that are maybe a little bit outside the business school. So I would recommend that you look at this type, that the structure of the university that you're applying to and make sure that there's flexibility there if you're not 100% sure. Got it. Okay. Wow. That was, this is really helpful for me. <laughs> so before, while we bring this to an end, before you go and meet your students, like when they go and listen to this, what's something that you would recommend that they prepare before they go see their college guidance counselor? Don't buy the hype. Don't buy the hype. <laughs> Don't get yourself so stressed Mm -hmm. because you're listening to your friends and your relatives are asking you a thousand questions and you feel like you have to have this all locked up. You absolutely do not. You don't need to know where you plan to apply. You don't Mm -hmm. need to know what job you're going to have. You don't need to know a whole lot of anything at these initial conversations. Uh, Be open to what your counselor has to say. Listen attentively to your counselor and to yourself. You are a unique person. Your journey does not represent anybody else's plans, Mm -hmm. wants, or desires. So when, when we meet, I try to really listen to what the person is saying, and we, you know, take it to the next level from there. So no stress. (laughs) rely on our office come in to see your counselor come in as many times as you need there are no limits on the number of times that you can see your college placement counselor you can send an email you can stop by in the morning if it's a quick question Mm -hmm. always defer to the people who have the experience rather than you know getting caught up in what your friends or other people might be telling you wow Thank you so much, Mrs. Marconi. Thank you to our wonderful guest, Mrs. Marconi, for everything that you've shared with us today. And if you haven't got your guidance pass yet from College Guidance Counselor, they'll be coming out towards the end of the year, um, and you'll be able to meet with your College Guidance Counselor and get them a- get to ask them as many questions as you like as I got to ask Mrs. Marconi here today. Um, thank you to everyone who's tuned in today. Make sure you follow us on Podbean or on the podcast uh, on iTunes so you can know when we post our next podcast. And make sure you follow us on all our social media it's at Kellenberg and for all the religious aspects of our school at Kellenberg Arc that's all for today thank you so much again tune in next time bye